All right. Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain, and I'm here with pseudonym Laced Amanda, who has a tale to tell. Well, I'll, I'll let you tell the tale. How about we stop with that? All righty. Sounds good. All right. Well, so there's kind of an issue. Definitely uh, want some babies in my future. Um, but the issue is that there is no way I'm going to let my kids hang around a self-proclaimed solitary witch. So, And the word there was, sorry, the phrase there was solitary witch, right? Correct, yes. I, okay, the witch part I understand. I mean, I had a mom. But uh, what's the solitary part? Oh, you know, just solitary. She kind of, you know, makes it up as she goes, does her own thing. So she's not like a pagan, but she'll use maybe some paganistic ideas and symbols and things like that. So oh, she, it's not like of, a school, like a white witch, or it's not like there's a solitary witch and there's like a, a communist witch, or it's not, it's just a description that she has for herself. It's not like a formal designation mm-hmm. of witchery. Right. So okay. it's, it's basically self-description and it basically just consolidates all of those sort of different witchcrafts into whatever she prefers. Right. So. Um, Make sense. <laughs> so, quick, quick question. Um, wait, do you want to finish your finish your, your your the message that you sent to me, and then we'll get to that. Go ahead. Okay. Yep. Um, already, so a little bit of backstory. Um, so, my husband and I were high school sweethearts. Uh, we met in high school. We fell in love. Um, he sort of found out about my abusive family. I, I had sort of a chaotic family growing up. So, what we began to do is. Young kids, we began to formulate a life plan to escape and be free and live together forever. (laughs) So, packed up all my bags at at 18, and um, my husband, boyfriend at the time, um, his mom said that I was able to stay with her and sort of figure things out. Um, And through that, she and I sort of developed a close relationship. Um, You know, in my darkest moments, she... She held me, told me that I was safe, told me that, you know, I was away from my family and that she can help me, you know, start my life. Um, She she was pretty much a badass. (laughs) And she taught me how to be a badass myself with um, confidence and responsibility and and things like that. So um, so that was great. Um, But, yeah, anyway, over the years, my husband and I, we moved away to another state. She became an, an empty nester and. That's sort of when everything kind of started. No, uh, the husband's up. not around? What? No, the husband's around. Okay. Just just one, because empty, empty nester can be like a, a single mom or widow or whatever. But okay, so the husband's still around, but go on. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So, well, okay, she was divorced, so her now husband's still around, but empty mes- nester meaning... Wait, wait, wait. That my wait. Husband... <laughs> what do you mean? If she's oh. divorced, then the husband's not around, is he? Well, she got divorced whenever my husband was like a little kid. So Oh, so so she's a single mom. Well, she got remarried like a few years ago. Uh, okay, and the new husband is still around. Correct. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Oh, no problem. Want to make sure everything's clear. Um, but yeah, so my husband and I moved away to another state um and then we decided to come home and visit. And we found out that my husband's old bedroom was turned into 
a witchcraft room. So we definitely weren't expecting that. Like she had had mentioned like crystals and like Oh, so it's I not a shrine to like the old Frank Sinatra song, but you're talking like honest to goodness, three witches in Macbeth witch. <laughs> no, it's just like a legit witch. <laughs> okay. Um so yeah, no, like, you know, there were crystals everywhere in her room. There were herbs, um, books on spells and different sort of geodes and crystals. And we found like potion jars spread throughout the house. Like we found one in the freezer, which was kind of weird. I don't know. I, I guess they're supposed to Wait, do something. The weird part was the, okay, the whole thing is weird, just so you know. I mean, just, I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh because it's a, it's it's a totally tragic normal. thing, but, but, you know, it's like it, the weirdness doesn't start because there's a witchy potion in the freezer. The, the weirdness starts when you've got a coven in the house that's transformed your husband's boyhood room into some sort of pentagram laced homage to the other world. All right. Anyway, go on. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's safe to say I was afraid to sleep in that room <laughs> wait did you sleep in the room i mean i didn't have anywhere else to sleep yeah the church <laughs> something blessed with holy water i know okay all right so i was saying my prayers okay but what what to uh, i mean no no go ahead go ahead uh, this is I, I don't want to interrupt go ahead I, I mean i want to interrupt but i won't go ahead it's okay <laughs> um so yeah at that point whenever we saw his room that's when we realized this is this is probably the real deal. I mean, she definitely wasn't like kidding when she was texting us weird things. Um, so, but I mean, after she became a witch, it sort of was uphill in her life. I mean, she she was telling me all about her new job and she got a promotion and she's making. Wait, she's got a job uh, as a witch. Well, no, she got a. <laughs> that's coming but at that time no she she got a promotion at some i don't know broomstick delivery i don't know <laughs> sorry okay yeah something health related um but yeah no she she got a she got please a tell me it's not mental health related it's not <laughs> okay good good but um yeah i mean she she was telling me about all the spells she did to to get that promotion um things like that and she, she was basically telling me that, because I told her up front that it was, it was a little kind of strange and I was a little bit concerned. So I was asking what her intentions were. And she said, you know, I just want to help people. I just want to protect people. Um, you know, I just want to be good in someone's life. And I was like, okay, well, all right, I'll just let that one slide, I guess. Um, but fast forwarding a, a couple of years. Uh, so as of right now, Recently, I guess within like the past month or so, she totally quit her job. Um, she she has no job at all, and she said that the reason is because she was bullied. Which, I mean, I don't know if she told everyone at work she was a witch, but yeah, could I don't. I don't. A, could be a could be a, a slightly career limiting move to announce yeah. your witchiness at work, which unless your job is actually being a druid or something. Which I have no idea if she did that or not, but. But I mean, that's just totally unlike the person that I knew whenever she took me in after I moved out of my parents' house. I mean, she was the one teaching me how to conquer life and, you know, be this strong person and a strong woman. And now here she is, you know, jobless, 
you know, saying that she's a victim of bullying. Now she wants to write a book on it and things like that. So I'm not really sure, I guess, how true that is. Um, you probably are kind yeah. of sure how true that is. <laughs> but yeah, she also, you know, does things like talk to ghosts and goes to graveyards and gets to know the dead, and which is also confusing because that's a medium. It's not a witch. Do witches do that? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, she's not. She's not staying in her crazy lane. Is that that your right. issue? She's she's crossing that's, the median to some other crazy lane. I mean, that's totally crossing, right? Like, <laughs> if you're gonna be crazy, if you're gonna be nuts. Please be consistent. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, make make it a little bit more rational for me. <laughs> oh man. Okay, go on. Okay. Um, but yeah, so she calls herself a solitary witch. We just discussed discussed that that's sort of the consolidation of whatever sort of witchcraft you wish to practice. Um, I mean, I I absolutely love her. She's the she's the only family that I really have. My family's never really been there for me. She has been there for me. So I absolutely love her to death. Um, Wait, but, you, you know. love the memory or, or who she is now? Okay, well, you know, that's that's up for debate. <laughs> uh, Good, I'm glad it's up for debate. All right, we don't have to debate it now, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm glad it's up for debate for the record. Yeah, I love who she was. Okay. Um, hopefully she's still there. But anyway, we can get to that. So all in all, just don't really want my future babies around that. She put spells on me and my husband, but, you know, they're protective spells. Um, I don't want spells on my kids, whether it's real or not. Um, it's oh, spoiler, just... it's not. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I know that this mother-in-law and you want to be diplomatic, but I don't have to be diplomatic because I'm not in her family. But no, it's not. It's not real, right? Okay, well, it just creeps me out, okay? No, listen, <laughs> it's creepy. Don't get me wrong. The creep is real. The spells aren't real, and the creep okay. is real because the spells aren't real. I mean, if the spells were real, oh. it would be it would be science. It wouldn't be like mysticism, right? Right. If the spells were real, I guess everybody would be doing that. But yeah, so it's just a warped mentality. Um, I'd like to keep a relationship with her if possible, and I'd really like to, her to have a relationship with my kids um, because you know I don't have any other family. So how do I keep a relationship with a witch? <laughs> You know, it, the funny thing is I already have the title for the show and people are going to think I'm trolling. They're going to think it's clickbait, but it's not. But it's not. I swear, I know. <laughs> um, no, listen, listen. It's it's a very, it, I mean, I know we're kind of joking around a bit, and, and but I, I don't want that to eclipse the fact that this is this is a painful and difficult issue and question, right? Oh, yeah, no, we can totally joke about the witch thing. I yeah, mean, yeah, I mean, but I don't want it, I don't want it to be like just comedy fest stuff because this is nuts, mm -hmm. but... But you respected yeah. this woman. She was a place of sanctuary and comfort during a very difficult time in your life. Uh, your original, your family of origin is sounds like complete catastrophe fest. So, uh -huh. you know, I just want you to know, I'll, I do find it a little funny, but I also do recognize the seriousness of it. And I'm not going to just, you know, yuck it up for, for all of that. So I just want to be, be clear about that. I respect that the, it's not an easy thing to call in about, although I think we can both recognize that there are some funny, funny aspects to it. Right. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. All right. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add before I start my uh, usual scalpel excavation? <laughs> I'm ready for the scalpel excavation. All right. All right. Um, <clears throat> your family of origin, Amanda, what was the story with that? 
Uh, I don't know. Everyone's just crazy. <laughs> wow, good thing uh, you escaped all that now, isn't it? <laughs> seriously. Oh, my gosh. I know. Okay. Everything old is new again, right? Um, well, hey, if here. it's any I consolation, I spent my childhood doing battle with a crazy person. Now I just battle the world, which is crazy. So it's, you know, I don't know how far we can get off the original plantation. That's all I'm saying. But all right. So yeah, you're, so you're, you say everyone was crazy, but was it like amusing crazy? Was it baffling crazy? Was it abusive crazy? Like what area are we in? Um, um it would be abusive crazy. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry to hear that. it was super intense super intense um but I, I really have no idea where to start with this so i guess i could okay it was physical character. abuse verbal abuse sexual abuse what are we talking oh okay yeah physical and verbal like you know hitting punching slapping all that um i guess verbal would be uh my mom calling me a little shit all the time and criticizing the way that i looked the way that i act i guess constantly on a daily basis so that's kind of that <laughs> it's not i mean forgive me if i'm out of line here but you know given this and the witchiness and so on this doesn't strike me as a particularly waspy culture if that makes any sense what do you mean waspy culture uh, you know white anglo-saxon protestant you know that kind of stuff is is there a cultural background that i need to be aware of uh well i mean welsh <laughs> Well, I don't know if there's a... Uh, yeah. That explains so much. No, it doesn't actually explain no, much. No, it doesn't. All right. Okay. No, I was just wondering about that, right? If we were talking Haitian or something, you know, it's just important to know for some sort of context. Okay. Uh, well, I'm sorry to hear about all of that. And was it continual? Did it kind of peak and, and, and diminish at points in your childhood? Um, I always remember being super anxious about my mom, like, ever since, like, elementary school. But, I mean, it really got bad probably middle school. Middle school on, it was just unbearable. And was that the physical or the verbal? Both. And, it's, you know, it's, it's particularly tragic for girls. And I, I just, I really want to sympathize with that, Amanda, because for boys, we just get big and strong. And so I can remember, as you know, my mom hit me a lot when I was a kid. And then, you know, one day I just grabbed her hand and I was like, she's not looking down. She's looking up. And yeah, that so but but for girls, it can last longer because you're smaller and because you're not as strong and, and so on. Right. Maybe maybe less testosterone for fighting back. I don't know. But it really um, it's something I've noticed over the years. And I just really want to I want people to understand this difference, this distinction. You know, why is it that? A lot of women feel very anxious in the world about physical violence. Well, part of it is feminist paranoia, but, but part of it is genuinely that for, for a woman, for a girl, for a little girl, physical abuse usually lasts longer than it does mm. for a boy because of the size difference a lot of times. And I just really wanted to sort of point that out and, and extend my enormous sympathies for that because, you know, every extra blow just chips away a little bit of, of who you are, right? Oh, yeah. No, I mean... I thought about hitting back so much every single time I would just, you know, dream about it. <laughs> but I mean, I was so little and every single aspect of my life was under their control. If I did anything to like make anything worse, I mean, I, I don't even know what, <laughs> what would have happened. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, and and I, you know, I, I, you, you, you were you were wise and you were right to not do it. You were I wise know, and you maybe. were right to not do it. No, listen, <laughs> compliance in the face of abuse is an essential survival strategy. You know, fight or flight is for predator-prey relationships, but subjugation and compliance is the the optimum survival strategy for victims of child abuse. And and a lot of times, you know, we look back and we say, "Oh man, I I should have I should have punched back. I should have done this. I should have done that." It's like, "No, you shouldn't have." No, 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 no. No, that's a very, very bad idea. Particularly for girls, right? They lack the physical strength and size and testosterone and aggression and so on, right? It is a right. very wise thing to do to not find out if they'll actually kill you. And and people, huh. this sounds like hyperbole to people from more peaceful households. And But I think, I mean, I don't want to draw you into my circle of knowing if it doesn't apply to you, Amanda. But I think you and I kind of know you don't want to find out where the abuse ends. You don't want to find out how far they oh, want yeah. to go because how far they might want to go is killing you. Now, I'm not saying on purpose, but it could happen. Right. I mean, you, you yeah. just you just get one push at the top of a flight of stairs and you stumble and you break your neck and it's, you know, bye bye, Amanda and bye bye, Steph. Yep. So That's definitely true. you don't uh, everybody thinks they're going to be some kind of tough guy when those kinds of situations. But what is it? I can't remember who said this. Maybe it was Mike Tyson who said uh, everybody has a plan till they get punched in the face. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing with child abuse. You know, you sit there and you plot and you plan and then you get punched in the face and it's like, well, all right, I'm not punching back, especially if you're outnumbered, right? Because if you have two parents and it's just you, uh, you don't know what they might do. And they are in control of your food and they're in control of your uh, shelter and they're in control of your resources as a whole. And they have the law and you don't. And no, no, I mean, it's comply or die. And, you know, who wants to die? Yeah, yeah, I would always go up into my room and write in my journal and because uh, she lied all the time, you know, my mom did. And I would just write in my journal the truth. What happened? What happened in this situation? Objectively, was I in the wrong? And, you know, I would, I would literally do that as a little kid just so I can stay sane and sort of play her game. Right. Um, no, I guess that's it essential. works. And, and listen, like, fantastic for you for doing that. Like, what a powerful thing and a life-saving thing to do. I mean, sanity-saving thing, which to me is like being insane is worse than, than being dead. So what a sanity-saving thing to do and, and fantastic, like incredible, incredible insight and foresight and, and hanging on to your sanity, right? I mean, I wrote this I, on Twitter today. I was talking about somebody was saying, oh, he's going to be, Steph would be a pushover debate. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm really not. Because I grew up fighting craziness in the form of my mother. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when I first jumped onto the debate stage here in Canada with no experience. First time I went to a debating contest in Canada, it was nationwide. I came in sixth out of probably a thousand people. So, you know, less than 1%, like the top less than 1%. And it's like I spent so much time fighting my mother's craziness that I developed what are almost supernatural rhetorical skills to people who haven't been through that kind of experience. And, you know, most mental muscles are built on scar tissue and most people don't know that. And so your abilities, which are considerable and impressive, are there because you were in extraordinary danger. Yeah. You spend yeah, your whole no life like with people coughing up their craziness on you and you're trying not to inhale the virus, right? It's pretty fucking tiring. <laughs> that's a really good analogy. Yeah. No, that's a, 
exactly what it was like. <laughs> yeah, my mother was constantly trying to pour or vomit her craziness down my throat like some evil bird feeding a baby. And uh, you just got to, you know, like the kid when you, the baby, well, you'll see when you become a mom, your baby doesn't want to eat something. They purse their lips and that's where no comes from side to side, right? The head goes side to side. And you got to mm -hmm. do that with crazy for 20 years. Uh, you get some skills. <laughs> you really do. You really do. And, and hopefully we can use them for the good in the world. But all right. Yep. So how did you, um, I mean, you, you, you kind of got out, you, you got away or, or distanced yourself or how did that work? Heck yeah, man. I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> Freedom. I've been, right. I've been free. I've been free since 18, man. Uh, I mean, emotionally I've kind of gone back to my family just to kind of test the waters, see, see if it's possible to change others, which uh, it's not. <laughs> No, but, it's um, not. I can no longer more. I can no more change others or you than we can digest their food for them or go to the bathroom for them. <laughs> there you go. But uh, yeah, no. I mean, I'm free. My mom. She actually randomly texted me the day. That's been like the first time in like a year. So that was super weird. You know what I tell <laughs> um, you? It's you know this. I don't believe it, but this simulation talk or like life is a simulation. Isn't it kind of funny that the day you're going to talk to me? Your mom texts you. Ugh, I know. <laughs> no, it's weird. Like I, I, these patterns, I mean, that's more of a psychic thing, which I don't believe in. But I remember I ended up ending a relationship that was not productive for me. And later on, I realized it was pretty much down to the same month that my parents got divorced in terms of how old I was. It's just funny little yeah. patterns in life. But uh, all right. So you've been free since 18 and you've uh -huh. had a pretty considerable distance from them as far as I understand it and how old were you when you met your um husband oh how old i was i mean he was my first boyfriend in middle school so i was like 14 but then we dated off and on through throughout high school so yeah it goes back a while and you are married right yep yeah and when did you get married uh 19 uh when you were 19 mm -hmm. oh good for you man um, and does he share your perspective of your family? Of my family? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay, so he's like, yep, keep, because, you know, that's important, right? Because if he's like, oh, your family's crazy, we should probably keep them at a arm's length, then he's going to have a tougher time wanting to bring his mom into the mix, right? Uh, maybe. No, logically. No, not maybe, logically, right? <laughs> If he's okay. like, oh, man, it's great that you keep your crazy family at arm's distance. It's like, well, I want my mom to move in. It's like, uh, I think we might have an integrity crack here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he's a little bit more set on, yeah, he's a little bit more, I guess, firm on what he believes with his mom and stuff. And I'm the one still trying to figure it out. Cause, I mean, Wait, so what does he want to do with his mom? Well, so, I mean, we're not going to have kids for probably another, like, five years or so, so... Why not? He, uh, uh, well, right now he's in law school, so that's, that would be really difficult. And I'm working, and I'm thinking about going back to school. So, um, and how old are you? Five years. Uh, twenty-five. Yeah. Okay. Just, just you know, look up fertility, man. That's all I'm telling you. I know. There's. I know. Um, okay. Just, just so <laughs> you know, because you know, this is this is kind of kept from from people. And uh, egg, just, I just want old. this to be out there. Yeah, the, the eggs get a little, uh, you know, you get half baby, half raptor, right? So 
Uh, just uh, be, be aware of that and, you know, whatever you can do to move it up. It's, you know, from what I've heard, it's profoundly unsexy to get fertility treatments. So anyway, just something to, to mull over as you as you move. No, just don't wait forever. That's all I'm saying. I won't wait. That's why I have a time moment. I think five years is pretty good. Pretty pretty reasonable, right? Yeah. Starting at 30 is, is not bad as long as you stay on, on schedule and, and, you know, if you can move it forward, so much the better. But anyway, that's just my particular uh, old guy advice. All right. Now... <laughs> So what does he want to do with his mom, uh, assuming, you know, kids floating around? And even before then, you got five years even before you have kids. I don't know. Do you want a whole bunch of hexes around the house? Uh, I don't know. He he wants to kind of wait and see if it's just like another phase in her life. She's gone through some phases, I guess. Um, like one, one of it was like a biker phase, and that lasted, you know, only maybe five, ten years. So A biker he, phase? Yeah, like motorcycles. No, I, I get that. Um, are they getting crazier? Is what getting crazier? These phases. Well, yes. Because <laughs> you know, I've only got two data points to work with, but but biker not too crazy, witch crazy, because you know you may look back on the witch thing saying, "Wow, we thought that was crazy." Now, eh, whatever, right? Yeah, it's um. I guess they are progressively getting crazier. Yeah. <laughs> Considering where we're at now. But uh, uh, so yeah, my husband looks sort of... Does, but does he want... Uh, where are you guys in terms of physical proximity to, to his mom? Um, quite, like a few hundred miles, so definitely... You got some buffer. Like yeah, you got some buffer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We have definitely have some buffer. And... But, uh, what is the story with her, not that new husband, I guess, anymore, but her current husband? Um, have you talked to him? Does he seem to be expressing any concern about this situation? Oh, it's so bad. Oh, my gosh. At first, like, he didn't really say anything about it. But now... Well, it could be a silent yeah. spell. I'm no, just kidding. Go on. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, dear. Um, but now he's, like, literally planning to see ghosts as ghosts as well and like and she's like telling him to talk to the ghosts that he's seeing and apparently he has a ghost following him around all day every day and like I don't, I don't know he's he's worked by it too I mean and he wasn't that way before it, is that right no he was not like that way like I could never imagine him even saying that like man she's oh got to be good in bed I'm oh, sorry God, to be so to... blunt, but whenever I hear about a guy following a woman down crazy train, I'm like, wow, she must be able to inhale golf balls through a garden hose, man. That's something else. <laughs> I cannot even think about that. <laughs> well, there's a reason why a man follows a crazy woman, and it's usually not because of the quality of her arguments, right? Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, he's, I think he's warped by it a little bit. All right. Or a lot. So. Okay, so he's not going to help. He's not. There are no brakes on that train, right? Nope. And the only people she has in her life right now are her kids and her witch friends. So she yeah, has I, I can see how surrounding yourself with witches might close off other social possibilities. I really, especially, I mean, especially if she's not quiet about it, right? Completely, yeah. So, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, 
And when did this start that you know of? Uh, we found the witchcraft room in 2016. So you found it. She didn't tell you. She didn't tell me about the room. I think she hinted at it to my husband. But I know she sort of hinted that she was interested in, like, witchcraft and crystals. And I was like, oh, this is just one of those popular New Age things where everybody loves sage and whatever. But then we came home in 2016 and we're like, oh, crap. This is like all throughout her house now. <laughs> so, right. now where do you stand? You mentioned um, religious beliefs, and where do you stand with regards to? I don't want to say mysticism because that's kind of an insult to religion, but uh, other worlds and and spirits and ghosts and so on. Uh, I don't know. I just let me think. I mean, there could potentially be a possibility. There's no evidence and there's no proof. Um, I'm a Christian, so I believe in God and heaven. And if I believe in things like that, I mean, that doesn't necessarily have, you know, scientific proof. Well, no, but the, 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 the Christian religion is not, does not account really for ghosts, though, right? Because, I mean, you don't stick around on this plane. You're going to heaven, you're going to purgatory, you're going to hell, right? Right, yeah. Right. On this plane, ghosts. I mean, maybe, maybe it's possible, like residual energy, like, <laughs> I can't, I can't reason through that stuff, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. Listen, I mean, we won't, I mean, the, the faith stuff is, is fine. I mean, I'm not going to try and talk to you about that, but this residual energy stuff, no, no, come on. I mean, the ghosts clanking chains and, and spells and potions, I mean, this is, is mental garbage, man. This is, this is not, it's not healthy, it's not right, it's not good. And and it's selfish, too. Like, listen, I'd have, if your mother-in-law had become, like, some fundamentalist Christian or whatever, okay, so, you know, some of the stuff you and I may not agree with, but at least there's some bloody discipline in that. This is all just hedonistic, dance naked in the woods, sex with elves stuff, right? I mean, this is, like, weird stuff, and there's no, this is the problem I have with mysticism, is it's spirituality, so to speak, without responsibility, I mean, you're a Christian. You've got some pretty strict rules to follow, right? You've got to love your enemies. You've got to give to the poor. You're like, there's things you've got to do. And sometimes they're pretty damn hard. But right. this woo-woo, you know, everything is energy kind of crap. It's like, well, what, what restrictions well, does that put on you? What, what, you know, what responsibilities do you now have that you didn't have before? And it's like, well, none really. Well, and, you know, she started it all with, you know, wanting to help people and protect people and, and whatever. But, I mean, all she's doing is, you know, sitting in her room, doing her rituals, doing her seances and whatever. And she's not actively going out in the world and doing anything. So Yeah, do you feel like volunteering at a soup kitchen? No. Do you feel like joining a nice religion and actually praying for people and giving them money? No. But I really like these crystals. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay. So you don't really care about helping people. It's all just you want to feel good without actually having to do anything that's that doesn't come easy, right? Exactly, yeah. No, that's what she's kind of doing. <laughs> so, so you found this room in 2016. Were there any indications beforehand? I mean, first of all, I mean, anybody with any empathy would prepare you for that kind of stuff, right? Say, hey, you know, my life's taken a little bit of a different turn. Your room may not look the same. As, as it used to, um, and she didn't, right? She just let you open the door and handle it yourself? Yeah. Well, and I mean, I asked her about it, obviously. I was like, so, like, what's going on? 
<laughs> like, well, what is all this? Any reason for the pig's head in the bed? I'm just curious if that's right. right. And she's like, oh, yeah, no. So, you know, it's just part of my witchcraft. And I was like, well, you're not like pagan or like anything just like weird like that right and she was like oh no I'm a solitary witch I was like, well what's that and then she went into her spiel about that and how that's better than other witchcrafts and things like that and I was like okay and I mean ever since then she's just been talking to us about it like it's just totally normal and I mean I don't know how to say anything or like you know bring up hey witchcraft is not real this is all in your head you're making this up because i mean she's got a lot of her own issues that i feel like this is all stemming from <laughs> <laughs> well yeah well, the obviously. other thing too that as as a christian right this is something i kind of wanted to uh to ask you about right like as a christian i mean there's some there's got to be some kind of uneasiness in this as well right because i mean she's dabbling with some pretty dark stuff right oh yeah I mean, there's well, not a I lot mean, of uh, good Christian witches in history, right? I mean, in the Bible, you're not even, it says you're not even supposed to practice witchcraft. <laughs> well, of course, because it's considered to be a gateway to uh, demons, right? Exactly, yeah. And, and I know this is, you know, to my more secular audience, and like, I understand all of that. And if you want to, you can think about it like, if you dabble in this kind of mysticism, you dissolve your relationship to imp empirical reality, which fragments your mind and makes you feel crazy, and that's the demon they're talking about. Whatever, however you want to phrase it, it's considered dangerous huh. to dabble in this kind of stuff, in, in brain-dissolving, metaphysical-shattering mysticism without any community or responsibilities. That is not good. That is not good for your brain and, and not good for your relationships. Right. I mean, there, practically, there's, there's consequences, <laughs> and they're not typically good consequences. So, but, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I can't even really comprehend all this. Well, I mean, the reality is you do know, but it's, it's hard to know. Okay, so yeah. um, has the belief system altered much since you found out about it in 2016? Um, just the tone of it. I mean, the belief system. I mean, no. Is it, has it, it got, gotten any stronger or, or gone in any different direction? That's even yeah, it's like gotten it. stronger because just within the past year, she expressed that she can talk to ghosts, and apparently she's been able to talk to ghosts since she was a little kid. I asked my husband, have you ever seen your mom talking to ghosts? Like, I've never heard of this. And he said... No. I'm like, where is this coming from? Why is she literally sitting there lying? Um, but yeah, no, it's progressively gotten worse because it started out. She wanted to help and protect people. Now it's coming to, she literally is casting spells on people at her former job who were bullying her. And that's resentful. That's resentment. And you know, that's, that's not good. <laughs> that was not in your original plan of, Witchcraft. So I'm going to assume that your mother-in-law's name is not Billie Eilish, just because that would be horribly <laughs> no. crazy. But just wondering, just wondering, because <laughs> apparently all the good girls go to hell. But um, so it's it's getting worse, right? And and this is getting worse in the span of a couple of years, right? Yeah. Yep. Now, the one thing that well, it's more than one thing, but you you touched on this, and I just wanted to check on this because the one thing that you had talked about was that she keeps talking about it, right? 
and she won't shut up about it. And and it kind of puts you in an impossible situation, right? Yeah. Right, which is like, I don't agree with any of this stuff. In fact, I find it really disturbing, but I can't, you don't feel like you can talk about it, right? Like you can't push back and say, okay, come on, like this, come on. Well, I did a little bit. Um, not very much. I just told her I disagree, like straight up to her face. Uh, she just kind of kept going. And then the next time we hung out, she didn't talk about it once. And that was even more uncomfortable because I know you're a witch and you're not talking about it anymore. And you're just trying to do all these like normal things, but you're not talking about the biggest part of your life. So that was weird. I didn't say anything. I could have said something, but I didn't. It's well, it's not like, like you I can have a... have a conversation about it. No, we can't just straight up have a conversation. I would just have to throw in, you know, just random, like, small little comments just to, to give her the hint. Um, I've sort of taken the approach, like, I don't really want to deal with this. I, like, I talk to my husband. I'm like, you know, you need to figure this out. <laughs> this probably isn't the best way to go about it. I understand that. But I told my husband, you should probably figure this out. You need to somehow get her off this path because like no I need, he can't. no I no, need... no. Well, what's he gonna do what's he gonna do i mean seriously uh, what, what do you what he's got he hasn't got a magic wand right what's he gonna do no I'm, he's being a little bit more open like he's been talking to her and um oh, oh, oh what now sort of, he's, he's what open he's to witches to witching no no, no sorry <laughs> he's been talking to her and sort of trying to question all of her beliefs and sort of trying to help her rationalize a little bit more try to okay he's trying to guide her in like rationalizing her her way out of this but in my eyes it looks like he's kind of like you know asking her all these questions and she probably thinks he's just interested in the witchcraft as opposed to you know i yeah <laughs> trying to help her get out of it right right okay okay so that's a no, I, I forget that. So, Amanda, what do you think this belief system, how is it serving her? What, what is she gaining from it? What does she, what does well, she need it for? Um, I know she's recently she was diagnosed with depression, and everything sort of Wait, started after her. Oh, gosh. Let's see. 2017. So a, a year or so after she'd started the whole witchy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple so of years, it ain't yeah. helping, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I don't, I guess it's just giving her something to do. I mean, she's sitting there at home feeling like she's having this wide and large impact on the world because her spells can reach people. I mean, she feels like she's helping us when she puts spells on us and she used to send us like, you know, I don't know which stuff, like candles and things like that, which she hasn't done that in a while. Um, I'm glad, but I don't know. She feels like she's doing a greater deed. That's so it, it makes her feel important and, and relevant? Useful? I would imagine so, yeah. Because, I mean, there's usually a kind of twisted rationality even in the greatest craziness, right? 
I mean, yeah. you know, my mom uh, believes that doctors injected her with illnesses, and that's what made her uh, sick, and that's what made her life uh, a huge mess and all that. Now, I mean, it's not that hard for me, and it's easy for me because I've had a more time to think about it, but it's not that hard to figure out why, why she'd want to believe that. She'd want to believe that because she abused her children, and she doesn't want to take ownership for it, which I can completely understand. And so all the dysfunction in our family was the result of those evil doctors who just wanted to inject her with illnesses, right? And that's, mm -hmm. so you, you, can, you can sort of understand why, because craziness can go just about any direction, right? The question is, why does it go in a particular direction? And that can usually help sort of figure out the root of it. And that, that doesn't solve it, or it doesn't, it's not like me knowing this doesn't, doesn't solve my mom's craziness, but I understand it. And, and that helps me to understand that I'm not responsible for it and can't fix it, right? That's because, you know, we, we, we want closure or we want to have some, we either want to do things in life that can have an effect or we want to avoid doing things that we can't fix, right? Right. Because doing things, like not doing things when you can change things is, is not great, is not good. And then trying to change things you can't, well, it's just a kind of crazy, right? So we have to, you know, so the, yeah, the question is why this in particular? Why does she want to talk? Why does she want to talk to the dead? Why does she believe, like, a, a, a ghost is following her husband around? Is that right? Um, apparently, yeah. Um, but so what I'm thinking Like, is... you think, think of things, sorry to interrupt, but think of things like, um, you know, people who go to the past lives bullshit artists, right? That the, they, oh, you know, you were, a, you were a queen in ancient Egypt, right? They're never like you were a sewage disposal expert in Lyon in the 14th century. It's always some big and glamorous thing, right? So why do they need a life that was glamorous in the past? Because their life is dull in the present, right? And so there's usually some something, right? So why, right. why the dead? Why, 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 why does she need that? What's, what's that serving her? Well, I know that she used to be a part of the Pentecostal church, I think, like some sort of Christian church that was super intense. Like well, it's like a talky, talky snakies and, and speaking in tongues and, and all that stuff, right? Yeah, and like everything, technology is like of the devil and whatever. So I think that might have sort of, I mean, she grew up with that sort of irrationality, so I feel like that's sort of relatable to what she's doing right now. Um, no, but they would be very much against witchcraft, right? They would. So, yeah. Uh, so maybe in retaliation? Uh, I feel like we're just making stuff up now. <laughs> it's like that Freudian hey, thing, man. You know? <laughs> No, no, listen, this is what you do. You beat the bushes till you see a grass, right? I mean, so we, let's keep doing it, but I'm, it doesn't... <laughs> Didn't quite click yet. Uh, uh, when did her last, you said she's an empty nester. When did her last child leave home? Oh, that was either 2000, I think 2015. Okay, so the belief yeah. system is serving to isolate her, right? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, and, and if you feel lonely, then most people would, you know, sort of reach out to to people and, and try and join clubs or contribute to a community or, you know, you'd find something, right? So this is something wherein the belief systems that she's pursuing is isolating her and it's also making people around her feel helpless and frustrated. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, people who can't express their emotions verbally, who can't conceptualize and understand and express their emotions verbally, almost always end up provoking those same emotions in other people. Hmm. Right. So, so te- you know, it's like teenagers who can't verbalize that they're irritated will act in ways that are extremely irritating to other people. Right. So the feelings that you have are most likely the feelings at the bottom of what your mother-in-law is, is dealing with. So what do you feel about this situation? What's the, what are the deep feelings about this? Um, like which part of the situation <laughs> or the whole situation? The whole situation. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, you know I'm going really... What what's he asking me about my feelings for? It's a philosophy show. Right, okay. <laughs> um it's definitely frustrating because you can't really sit and have a rational conversation about it or at least sort of like discuss it. Um it's kind of sad. It's really sad. I feel bad for her. Um and then I also am kind of sad that well, really sad that she could potentially not be in my life just because of this decision, and she doesn't even know it. Like, that's well, pretty well, depressing. Sorry, what do you mean she, she gets attention? Oh, no, I didn't say attention. Oh, I thought you said I she said, gets attention in her, in, in, in her life. Oh, no, I said she doesn't even know it. She doesn't even know um, that she might not be in our lives whenever we have kids. Oh, oh, I see. So she doesn't know the consequences, right? Right. Okay. So. Okay, so you sad. feel you feel sad, right? Uh huh. Helpless, I assume, right? Frustrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little yeah. confused, right? Oh, super confused. And I'll tell you this. And an awkward please... too. Sorry. I said an awkward too. That's a good one. You're awkward too, and yeah. I'll tell you this too. I'm telling you what I'm getting. And this doesn't mean that you're feeling this. I'm just telling you what I'm getting. So don't ever let me tell you what you feel. Oh, you know that, right? But I'll just say, I think you're kind of pissed. Because it's like, you know what? I grew up with a crazy family lady. Can you not bring this into my life now? Oh, yeah. Of course that's there. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, I just wanted to check, right? Because this... 100%. Because, like, this really annoying, right? Well, she knows that you came even... from a crazy family. So, you know, bringing this shit into your life is... It's, it's well, hitting yeah. your harshest buttons, right? But now she's, you know, someone who she, she wasn't whenever I met. Like, she was a strong, independent, encouraging woman whenever uh, I met her. Okay, well, now that's a whole other question, right? Now, well, yeah, have, now have I'm you, wondering. <laughs> no, no, but listen, I mean, has she been checked out medically? Um, what do you mean? Like, I, she's got some medical issues, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean... If she was a strong, independent, rational woman and now she's a witch, does she have a brain tumor? Oh, no. Okay. I just want to, if she's been checked, oh. as long as she's getting regular me- medical care, that's an important thing. You know, they, she could have some brain, yeah. brain degenerative disease. She, I don't know, right? Could be anything, right? I mean, yeah, that's plausible. But she's been checked out, right? Yeah. And not, yeah, none of her medical thing. issues you think would affect her cognitive ability? Uh, I, I don't think so, except for depression, obviously, but. Right, right. Okay. Okay. All right. I was just 
that's an important thing to check, right? If there's been a huge personality change. So then the question is, because now it's around your judgment, right? So if you judged her as a rational and sensible woman, and she's a crazy witch, then the, the real danger there is your perception of your own judgment, right? Mm. Yeah. So what do you think might have been, or, or looking back, were there any signs in hindsight that you look back and say, yeah, it was not impossible to see some of this coming? Um, I mean, the way she acted toward me, I, I, I mean, I can't think of anything that would... Hmm. Okay, okay, let me ask you this then. If she's such a strong woman, why on earth is she married to such a weak-willed man? I mean, dude, he was seriously so strong. I don't even know what happened. Obviously, he's weak-willed. My God, oh my she gosh, is a I witch. don't even know she these people. She cast a spell on him and took his spine. I swear, dude, he was like one of those buff, macho, like intense guys that like you don't want to mess with. And then all of a sudden, I hear her saying he believes in ghosts and stuff. Like I don't, dude, I don't know how that happened. So, and does, does your husband kind of have, sorry to interrupt? Does your husband have any theories, or have you? I assume you've talked about this as to where this may be coming from. Um, he thinks it's. I mean, first of all, she's always kind of go, gone into different phases, and he thinks this is another phase. Um, he thinks it's sort of like a. She freaked out when her kids were gone because her kids. She worked. I mean, three jobs just to support her kids, and all of a sudden they're gone, and she has all this time, nothing to do, wait, no wait, energy. Wait, 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 hold the phone. That's. I think we just bumped something on the road. I want to turn the car around. She worked three jobs to take care of her kids. She did, yeah. Why? Does her husband not make any money? Her former husband. I mean, they both kind of got married young, and they really weren't educated she yeah they really weren't educated so they just had to work a lot no so, but she's, didn't she divorce when your husband was little yeah whenever well little as in like intermediate school middle schoolish. okay so did she stop working as hard when she got remarried sort of a little bit yeah because he made a little bit more money and she didn't have to work three jobs. She only had to work one job. So. Okay. So does she regret not spending time with her kids? Um, I mean, she claims that she was the best mom in the world and, you know. Okay. So she's delusional because you cannot work three jobs and be the best mom in the world. You, you can't. You just can't. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she's, She's not fully aware of sort of the lack of attention, I think, that she gave her kids. Okay, so this is interesting, right? We may be getting somewhere here, and uh, this, is, this is useful. Okay. Oh. Well, what S else do I need to say? Sorry? <laughs> Wait, where is, it, where is it going? Well, so she spent, so maybe she, no, she spent a lot of time at work, three jobs, right? Mm -hmm. She spent a lot of time at work being there for her children, right? Yeah. In her mind, right? Loving her children and, and thinking about her children, right? If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Now, if she's used to 
loving at a distance to being removed but having an effect, which is what she probably told herself when she was working those three jobs, right? I'm still there yeah. for my kids, right? Mm -hmm. And now what is she doing as a witch? She's having an effect from a distance. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I haven't really drawn that parallel. Now, she doesn't have to be present to people in order to be positively affecting them, right? Yeah. So this is it's the same that. stuff that she told herself in a less mystical fashion with regards to her kids. Right. And I don't believe, I don't believe she had to work three jobs. I just don't. Something else was going on there. Because look, you can always, you know, if your kids are young, you can move in with your parents. You can, you can rent a basement. If kids, the babies don't care. Babies don't care where the hell you are. You can just, yeah, you can yeah. just downgrade to the point where you can find a way to spend time with your kids, right? There's, there was no, I, I, I can't conceive of a situation, in the first world at least, where the woman simply has no choice but to work three jobs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, that's I mean, important, I don't right? know. Yeah, I don't know the reasonings, but I know she didn't have any family to turn to. Um, Why didn't she have any family to turn to? So, well, she had issues of her own. She, I mean, she was the outcast. She, I think she ran away from home. So okay, so, whole... okay, so, so hang on, right? So she's, she had a hell of a childhood too, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Probably huge amounts of abuse. I mean, to run away from home, for a woman in particular, I mean, come on. We all know what's out yeah. there for girls. It's not good. Well, and that's sort of how You know who's out there were... for girls? Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, God. No, I'm not kidding, right? I mean, look, for girls to run away, for girls to run away, it's almost always sexual abuse. I know it was abuse. I don't, I don't know. Oh, come on, man. For a girl to run away from home, the only way that people are going to give her shelter is in return for sexual access, for the most part, right? I mean, I'm talking about generalities here, right? So if it's, only, if it's verbal abuse, the woman is not going to, the girl is not going to trade in the possibility of getting raped in the streets, sexually preyed upon, just for the sake of verbal abuse. If it's physical abuse, well, she's going to get physical abuse out on the streets, but she also will add physical abuse plus there could be rape and sexual abuse, sexual assault out there on the streets, right, for girls. So the yeah. only reason, I think, the only reason that you'd end up running away from home as a girl, is because, well, you are already being sexually assaulted. So the streets don't, like, there's no trade down. And for, like, cause, like, why would you jump out of a plane? Because it's about to hit a mountain. If you stay on the plane. So if she stays in the family, for sure she's going to get sexually assaulted. But if she leaves and goes to the street, there's a chance she might not be. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, Be a more interesting conversation than... What do you brew to make a pet go in the litter box? <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know all too much about her personal life, and it probably helped me to understand a little bit more, like why she's Listen, doing but, all this. On. You know, running I mean, away, running away. Come on, teenage runaway girls. You, everybody knows what a desperate situation that is, right? It's a de yeah, it's a desperate situation, that's for sure. So it, I mean, 
you got out when you were 18, but you didn't run away when you were 15, right? Right. So yeah. it's worse than what you had. So if yeah. you're going to try and tell me that this woman, right? So if she was abused when she was very young, and we are theorizing here, right? But it's, it's, it's good to sort of map the possible landscape, right? So if she yeah. was abused when she was very young, Amanda, then she's going to find being around little children unbearable. So what's she going to do? She's going to work three jobs. Hmm. Maybe. Ugh, that's sad. Well, it is. And, and I'm not trying to say it's causal, right? I mean, if the, if the trauma is unprocessed or, you know, if the trauma is simply so great that, that it, processing becomes functionally impossible. I mean, I think that was probably the case with my mom, but that's, you know, let's stay on your, your situation. But... So then the question is, if she did go through an absolutely appalling childhood, which is the only reason I can imagine that she'd run away when she was 15. She was 15, right? I get that. I remember that, right? Um, I don't have an age. I don't know what age. But I she ran know, away, which yeah. means that she was underage, right? Yeah, she, uh, she didn't finish high school or anything. So Yeah, but I, you can't run away from home when you're 19. You just move out, right? I mean, she, yeah, those were the words she used. So, I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, so, so she was underage, right? And she didn't finish high school, which meant she ran away before the end of high school, right? I guess so, yeah. Now you're kind of pulling back on this conversation. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I mean, that is not something I want to think about, you know? Like, something no, like it, that well, happens listen, to my mother-in-law. If, if you want to not think about things, you don't call into the philosophy show. Right? I'm sorry, that's the right. deal, right? You can hang up anytime no. you want, but um, <laughs> this is where we think about things. I'm sorry, but, you know, it's, it's the gig, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Like you know. don't go to the doctor and say, I don't want no stinking medicine. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you got me, so. <laughs> okay, so, and it'll, it'll lead to a good place, I, I promise you. So, okay. So she ran away from home when she was underage, which to me is extreme abuse, almost always of a sexual abuse nature, unprocessed trauma. She's, she still thinks she was the best mom, even though she works, worked three jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And you can you can survive in youth up to early maybe middle middle age with unprocessed trauma, and and a lot of people do. A lot of people do. You know, my mom had so much energy when we were young. She would get us up at five o'clock in the morning to go down to the local tennis court and climb over the fence because she thought they charged too much to play tennis. Right. She was like, I don't want to say manic, but she man, she was she had lots of energy. She. You know, and then I think late, mid to late 40s, man, it all just, she just caved in. Right. So you can keep this stuff, you can keep this, this energy going. And maybe you, when you met her, right, she was like in the still able to coast on all that. But then, you know, it cracks. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's cracked. I don't know. how in depth she's thinking, but I think she's just sort of, she's just acting more than thinking, so. Right. So her her um, delusions are around protection, right? Yes. And that means that she doesn't feel safe. She herself doesn't feel safe. But I mean, she has nothing unsafe in her life right now. She's the safest she's ever been. No, she's, she's not. Fine. No, I mean, you can sort of, who cares about the externalities, right? It doesn't matter, right? 
when what matters is what's going on internally, right? She doesn't feel safe. So my guess is something like this. A lot of unprocessed trauma, probably from sexual abuse early in life and enough to run away from home and, right? So she was very busy. She got three jobs. She got kids. Oh, yeah. She's very, very busy. And she uses that workaholism to keep the demons at bay, right? Right. But they're always following you. I mean, they don't, they don't tire, right? That the past does not get stitches. It doesn't run out of wind. It doesn't, right? It doesn't um, right. get too much yeah. lactic acid in its muscles and fall over. The past is relentless. It doesn't stop. It doesn't slow. Oh, yeah. it, it, it'll pace you for a while, like the devil himself, right? It'll, it'll pace you, but the past will, will get you, man. If you don't process it, if you don't look back and, and deal with it, right? And so she's got this, this tough girl exterior, but she's massively traumatized on the inside, right? And she's distracting herself with life, with life, with life, right? And then what right. happens is her kids, her leave. kids move out. Her kids move out. And then what happens is they catch she up. She loses her job. Yeah, and then she oh. loses her job, and, and the, the past catches up. Yeah. And then Ooh. she becomes obsessed with the need for psychological protection. And I, yeah, I bet she's doing spells on that too. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. I'm sorry, say again? I said, I bet she's probably doing spells on that too to sort of, you know, clear her mind and things like that. Um, Well, she, she thinks that she and other people in her life need protection, right? Which means that she feels that she's in a sense of danger. Why does she feel she's in a sense of danger? Because the past is unprocessed. Right. Huh. That's pretty brutal, though, if that's what she's really going through right now and she's not, like, facing that. The degree of brutality, though, Amanda, is directly proportional to the degree. The degree of insanity is directly proportional to the degree of brutality. So then how does she, I mean, <laughs> what happens next? With well, that's up to you. Us? So if, if what we're talking about has some validity, and of course it is just conjecture, right? But if what we're talking about has some validity, then to me, the only thing that can be done that can really help her is to talk to her about her childhood. Hmm. I'm not sure that's my place, but... Maybe like you married into the family. Of course, it's your place. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? I don't know. I guess because I don't really know her that well. There's no better way to get to know someone than asking them about their childhood. Yeah, that's true. No, you don't want to do it. No, I don't want to do it. Why? Like, because <laughs> you know it's going to be a bomb. It's like that's it's not good. And, who knows how that could... But why, well, why, why would that harm you if she talks about her childhood? And let's say, let's say she was sexually abused as a child. That doesn't... I mean, you didn't do it. it it's not being done to right. you. You're just being a witness to somebody else's pain, right? Yeah, I guess if she didn't want to talk about it or something. I don't know. No, but you don't want to talk about it. Don't project onto her, right? <laughs> What if she doesn't want to talk about this thing that I don't want to talk about? It's you. Oh, you don't want to talk about it, and the question is why. Um, 
I assume I that know, that cause... didn't happen to you. What we're talking about with regards to your mother-in-law. Um, sorry, what was that? Were you sexually abused as a child? Nope. No, okay. I wasn't. Okay. Okay. So it's not that, right? Right. So, no, it's not that. I don't know. It just seems weird. Weird? Why? I mean, you you know you're do, you you know you're doing that with me now. Is this weird? No. I mean, okay, so I why is it why is it not weird know. when we do it, but it's weird when you do it? Uh, it's not my place, but I know that's not the right answer. It's covering something else. Because I guess it's in the past, and I mean, there's nothing I can do to like help or get over that stuff right now, what except do you mean? for. Like, say, you know, don't you think that listening helps people? Um, I mean, we're not asking you to cure cancer here, right? I mean, just ask someone about their history and listen to what happened. Now, listen, she she may fight you like crazy, right? She may resist and she may not want to talk and she may think you're a terrible person for bringing it up, right? But, But see, that's knowledge too, right? Because what you want to get is closure with regards to this stuff. Because I agree with you. You cannot have a crazy person around your children. Mm -mm. Yeah, I can't have that. (laughs) You cannot. I mean, that's like taking them to San Francisco and asking them to eat off the sidewalk. That is not a a good thing to be doing. So, So you want resolution. So if it has to do with her childhood, and I believe that it does, which is not proof, but I believe it. Hey, I have faith. (laughs) But if... Faith. Yeah, yeah. If if you can... If you... if, If... it is about her childhood, and she refuses to talk about her childhood. You get closure. Do you know why? Because um, she's not opening up. She's not wanting to resolve or fix anything. Yeah, because it won't get any better. Okay. Right. So by talking to her, basically just getting to know her, because that's—I mean—that's her. You know, so just kind of getting to know her and her past is might steer her away from witchcraft? Well, I don't know what the purpose is other than get to know her. And you'll get to know her no matter what happens. Because if she does decide eventually or sooner to to talk about her childhood, then you'll learn that about her. If she simply refuses to talk about her childhood, then you know she's going to be acting out for the next 40 years. And things are going to get worse. And, and, you know, like that's a tragic thing to see. But that's, you know, closure isn't always about happiness, right? Closure isn't always about resolution and joy and togetherness. Closure is is terminal, right? That's the kind of closure to your medical issues. not the closure you want, but if that's what it is, you need to know that. You don't waste right. time and energy pursuing something you can't fix. Right. I mean, for the possibility of it working, I mean, I could, I could definitely try that. Might as well. I don't see anything wrong with it. Don't necessarily want to, but I mean, <laughs> I could definitely try it. Your enthusiasm is giving me tinnitus. <laughs> oh, sorry. I understand. No, I understand. Listen, I, no, who, who wants to do it, right? Now, if she brought this kind of stuff up, you might be okay. But going in there to spelunk around somebody's, the root of somebody's craziness and trauma, you know, that's, that's a, you know, I wouldn't do it alone. Yeah. 
you know, have your husband in the vicinity or in the room or something like that, or have him do it, right? Whatever, right? However that works out. Yeah. But um, yeah, you need to know, you need to know this woman's history. You really need to know this deep history, I think. Right. Because, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not about, it's not about witchery. And I say this, look, my full disclosure, my mom would talk about knitting people psychic helmets to protect them from dark forces and stuff like that too, right? She was obsessed with protection, but she was born in a war. Of course she's obsessed with protection. Right, yeah. You know, I, I read this story many years ago. It was an award-winning story about a, a, an old grandmother from the Ukraine who loved a particular commercial where the children were hugged in warm towels, right? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that when she was a little girl, she'd watched two of her brothers drown in an icy lake. Ugh, God. Uh, and, and you can see, I mean, I watched an interview with a woman who was um, probably in her 90s who was weeping copious tears about all the horrible things that the Turks did to her relatives in the Armenian genocide. You know, the past never goes. It never goes. You can work with it. You can deal with it. You can use it to a betterment. But it's never not there. It's never not there. And this is why I urge people, you know, self-knowledge is, is pretty key. I mean, I remember reading this uh, great quote from a really terrifying book, The Great Gatsby. Uh, it's absolutely mm-hmm. a terrifying, terrifying book. But um, I'll just get the quote here. Um, it's uh, uh, boats tied. <laughs> there we go. I know how to type. Got a microphone in the way. All right. Uh, all right. Oh, yeah, it's the last line. Yeah. Uh, it's the last line from The Great Gatsby. So we beat on boats against the current, born ceaselessly into the past. Oh. So the past has come back alive. For your mother-in-law. The sense of omnipresent danger, the mystical rituals, the right. thing which she, she thinks is connecting her with people, which is in fact isolating her, this is all from her childhood. I guarantee it. And she'll either have someone loving like you or your husband or both of you lead her to the truth and release her from a spell, right? This is a spell of the past, right? Hmm. And yeah. she needs to understand that she was not a great mother. She may have done things that were good. But if she thinks she was a great mother and she was working three jobs, that's a defense mechanism, right? Generally, people are the most afraid of the truth. Of the truth about her history, of the truth about why she ran away, of the truth about what happened to her when she ran away. Because she might have been out of the frying pan into the fire. It might have been a hundred times worse where she ended up than where she left. But she couldn't stomach going back. And then you need to figure out why you looked at this broken woman and saw a strong, independent, powerful female. Because that's your yearning for a hero that is not materializing. And when we want a hero and we're an adult, we'll never get one. We'll never get the hero we needed as children. The only thing we can do is become that hero ourselves. Right. Yeah, no, that that definitely makes sense. I think she is afraid of the truth, and I guess over the next five years, we can slowly sort of... Nope, um, nope, nope, nope. 
What? No. Over the next what? five years, we could slowly sort of, no, do it now. Why? You're not in school. We'll start You're now. not raising, no, do it now. What are, you, what are you waiting for, five years? Oh, my gosh. Your generation and procrastination. Good heavens. No, well, what on earth would you want to wait that long? I don't want to wait that long. That would be horrible. But, no, like starting now and, you know, slowly over the next five years. No, no, no but it's not going to happen that way. Because oh. she's either going to start opening up or she's going to react incredibly aggressively. This is not a water wears away stone situation, I guarantee it. Because if these are defenses, if these defenses are so powerful that they've turned her into a witch, you know, the demon of the past has got its bony grip on her heart. Something fierce, right? So this yeah, is not about, you know, this is gonna be resolved one way or another pretty damn quickly. But what about her not really seeing the truth? Like do we just drop the bomb and say, hey, you're not seeing the truth? No, or, no, no. Like, that, I didn't say anything like that. What I said was go and ask her about her childhood. Okay. Because we don't know the truth, right? We're theorizing. Oh, okay. Right. Right. We don't have any proof. We have some evidence, but it's not beyond a reasonable doubt, right? Okay. So you go and, and say, ah, you never really want to talk about the witchery stuff. Tell me more about your childhood. I'm, I'm really curious. I've heard some things... I'd really like to know. Just let her talk. And then if she goes way off, off topic, and people do, they tend to try and card-dazzle you and hypnotize you with irrelevant details and all that. I mean, you've heard people, and you're not one of them, but you've heard people on this show try and do the same thing to me, and you just try, keep trying to bring it back. Okay, but then what happened? And, and what was your father like? And then what happened? And when did you, how old were uh -huh. you ran, when you ran away? And where did you run to? And what happened? And why, do you, what, why, did it, why, did, why was it 15, not 14 or 16? Was there anything that happened... You know, just just ask the, the I was going to say ask the damn questions. I'm going to give you orders, right? But just ask the questions, right? Okay. Yeah, that way she can sort of think through it again and sort of maybe re or I guess resolve it again. Well, she may self. or she may tell you to F off and she may say, why the hell would you want to learn about these things? Or she might just lie through her teeth. Oh, great. Right. No, seriously. <laughs> I mean, pe people have free will. They can do a lot of things. They can do a lot of things, right? Well, I guess I'm going to find out. <laughs> yes, you're going to find out. I guess you're going to find out. And it's the kindest thing that probably anyone will ever do for her. I hope so. Well, I don't know if that's, yeah, okay. You know, Jesus confronted Satan in the wilderness, right? You're a Christian, right? What would yeah. Jesus do in this situation is he would confront the demons of history and try and free their grip on this woman's soul, right? Yeah, that's, that's I mean, that's been kind of the idea. We just haven't really figured out sort of an approach, you know? Yeah. But I think this, this sort of gives, it gives more of a map, you know, more of a pathway on what we could do um, just to sort of figure it out. And, I mean, hopefully in five years, she's not a witch. <laughs> that would be excellent. And, and that's really all I had to say. Was it, was it a, a useful conversation for you, do you think? Yeah, no, it was great. I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, I mean, thanks. I know this is sort of a crazy situation. I appreciate you taking it seriously as well. So Yeah, no, I mean, I'm. it was a bit funny at the beginning, but I mean, I think we all know that the heart of this goes pretty deep and dark. So will you let me know how yeah. it goes? Yeah, definitely. And congratulations on what sounds like a great marriage. Uh, I wish your husband the best in, in law school and uh, have kids soon. All right. <laughs> thanks, Emil. I appreciate it. <laughs> and I look forward to your email. All right. Sounds good. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye.